You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. So, it's summertime, isn't it? And with summer... You're starting to notice fruit and vegetable stands popping up around here and there. Wonder why we pay that extra money to pop into those vegetable stands, those fruit stands, when it's a lot cheaper in the grocery store, don't you know? But there seems to be a little confidence factor there, doesn't there? Well, when I was a kid, There were no fruit stands or vegetable stands in June and July. They did start popping up in August, however. But there was only one fruit that was sold. What am I talking about? Watermelons. Corn is not a fruit, is it? Watermelons, and not just any old watermelons. They were Norfolk melons from Madison County, right? All these Madison County people here this morning. And they were big old black diamond watermelons with those big old black seeds that you could spit a country mile. They probably looked something like that. So why bypass the grocery store and go buy an expensive watermelon? Well, it's because they were picked just at the right time, weren't they? They weren't good by accident. There was a lot of tender, loving care that went into those watermelons. Just the right soil. In Madison County, it was sandy soil, right? Just the right amount of water, just the right amount of fertilizer, and it produced these amazing watermelons, and they still do today. Really good fruit. Yes, there's nothing quite like awesome summer fruit, is there? But at the beginning of our epistle today, Paul is not talking about good fruit. He's talking about bad fruit. Yes, bad fruit because of one thing and one thing only. Being slaves of sin. Let's read Romans 6, 20 to 21 again. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. For the end of those things is death? Did that grab your attention? It grabbed my attention on Monday morning when I was reading through these lessons. For the end of those things is death. Those things? What are we talking about? Those things. Well, those things are the bad fruit produced by our sinful selfish nature. 
Paul is telling us that when we have no regard for living righteously, well, then we are slaves of sin. We aren't even ashamed of bad fruit that we produce. Do you see this happening in this world? Not being ashamed of sin? And sometimes that comes pretty close to home, doesn't it? Not being ashamed of our own sin. Well, this is what Satan, the great deceiver, wants to happen. This is what he's communicating to the world. Come to my side. It's more fun. It's easier. You can be free from all of those rules and regulations that God has put on you. Come to my side. You can make your own rules. You can have your own values. You can have your own morals. Well, you can even have your own identity. Your own fruit, any kind of fruit. But you see, Satan's fruit is dangerous. It destroys and it kills. It might look good from the outside, but when you take a plug out of that Satan's fruit, it's poison. It's poison to our hearts and it's poison to our minds. More importantly, it's poison to our souls. But it looks so good, doesn't it? That life, that fun, it's very hard to resist, and sometimes we don't. And we give in to temptation. We don't live according to God's plan for us to live righteous, sanctified, holy lives. Very first commandment. We don't always fear, love, and trust God, do we? Things of this world become our gods. Or we cuss and we swear and we take the Lord's name in vain. We don't always honor our parents or those who are in authority over us. Sometimes we hurt our neighbors, don't we? With our actions or our words. And we certainly don't always honor our spouses. We lust. We lust with the desire, and whether it's just looking at someone with lust, whether it's viewing pornography, where it's, or whether it's actually committing adultery, we don't always honor our spouses. Do you realize that in the latest research, over 65% of young men weekly watch pornography. Ouch, right? And we covet, don't we? We want what our neighbors have, what our other family members have, what a movie star might have, what a sports star might have. If only we could have that house. If only we could have that car. If only. If only. If only I could have that wife, or if only I could have that husband. 
and gossip? Do we continue to gossip and hurt our neighbors, our friends, and our families? Now do you see what Paul means about being slaves to sin? Sin is real and sin is powerful. The bad fruit produced by being slaves to sin, well, it's rotten and it's moldy. And it leads to only one thing and one thing only. Death, not life. It's a reality that we don't like to think about. There is no wiggle room. Being slaves to sin brings one thing only, and that's death. Take a look again at the end of verse 21. For the end of those things is death. That rotten fruit being produced, that sinful fruit being produced. What's been kind of a challenging sermon so far, hasn't it? Sometimes we get to thinking, maybe I'm not all that bad, and then we just do a little deep dive into the, into the Ten Commandments, and well, it's a different ballgame, isn't it? Because you see, we are sinners. But Paul doesn't end there. The topic of being slaves of sin doesn't end there with Paul. Paul is just simply pointing out to us, reminding us that no matter how hard we try, we were born into sin, and we will sin. We are slaves to sin. This is his emphasis. So he can bring home the point that there is another option to being slaves of sin. There is an option of being slaves to something else, someone else. Do you want to guess? Being slaves of God. What a concept. Being slaves of God. What an amazing truth that Paul shares with us in verse 22. Let's take a look. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. He flipped it. Slaves of God, not slaves of sin. Eternal life, not death. You see, because of what Christ did for you, you are no longer slaves of sin. You are slaves of God. Have you ever thought of it that way? Being a slave of God? But this slave market is upside down, isn't it? This past Wednesday's Lutheran Hour devotion, Dr. Kerry Vaux really helped bring this to light, this slave market being upside down. Instead of slave owners wandering around to choose their slaves, it's the slaves wandering around to choose their masters. Total upside down, isn't it? 
Well, that's the kind of picture that Paul is painting for us this morning. Because it's our situation when it comes to how we live. We can present ourselves as slaves of sin or slaves of God. The one we end up serving will determine how our lives turn out. Paul is telling us we will be a slave no matter what happens. There is no getting around it. We will be slaves. So think carefully about what slavery you want. Now, we have to be a little careful as Lutherans using this word choosing, don't we? Because God chose us. We don't choose God. God does the choosing. But by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we may present ourselves to God as his slaves. In the end, God chooses us. We don't choose him. He chose us to be his children. But we can reject him. We can reject his grace to be freed from sin. We can reject his grace to be freed from the slavery of sin. So I ask you this morning a couple pretty important questions. Are you a slave of sin or are you a slave of God? Maybe a better question to ask, do you want to be a slave of God or do you want to be a slave of sin? If you're like me, sin definitely has its grips on me. It's a struggle. I'm a work in progress just like you. Sometimes I live a, a life that's holy, sanctified, a little holier all the time on my way to heaven, to Christ-likeness. But boy, there are times when sin just reaches up and gets a grip on me, gets a grip on you, and enslaves me. But Jesus knows your struggle. He knows my struggle. God the Father sent Jesus into this world to experience the same temptations as a living, breathing, walking human being, just like you, just like me. But the difference is, he came through for us, didn't he? He lived a perfect, holy, righteous life so that we may no longer be slaves of sin. He did it through the power of the Holy Spirit that was inside him. The same Holy Spirit that is in your hearts and minds. The same Holy Spirit that just entered little Hannah's heart. Now she has that same strength. But a holy life bearing good fruit is, is what Jesus desires for you too. He came to die for you, not for himself. 
After all, we are made in his image, don't you know? Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Yes, you are created in his image. You were created holy. You were created eternal, just like him. But then that perfect creation was broken by sin. Now what? Well, thanks be to God, he loves you so much that he put a salvation plan in place from day one after sin entered this world. A plan that allows us to be slaves of God and not slaves of sin. A plan that allows us to work toward holiness. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Holy Spirit from one degree of holiness to another degree of holiness till, yeah, did you catch it? We are becoming holy. We will never be perfectly holy on this earth. We will never be perfectly holy until Jesus comes again to make all things new. But that is God's desire for you, to go from a little glory to a little bit of holiness, to some more glory, to until we take our last breath. Whew. And we will be like Christ in all of his holiness. The holiness that we were created to be, the perfect, holy, eternal beings that God placed and created on this earth. This is, what, this is what being slaves of God looks like. But it isn't from anything that we have done. You see, God humbled himself to be a slave himself for us so that one day we can be like him. He has chosen to make you his out of his love for you, out of his mercy and out of his grace. Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, explains it perfectly. Here we go. Who, Jesus, though he was in form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, and here it comes, by taking the form of a slave. Have you ever thought of Jesus that way? Being born in the likeness of men. There's another flip-flop. God created us in his image. And now Jesus comes to us in the image of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Yes, God loves you so much that he humbled himself to suffer and die the most horrible of deaths on a cross. To be the one, the final, the perfect, the only sacrifice needed so that we are no longer slaves to sin and we are free to live with him in eternal salvation. You can be slaves of God because of what Jesus has done for you. The good fruit will follow. The ripest, reddest, coldest, crispiest, most seedless watermelon you can ever imagine. That's the good fruit that we will produce not because we have to, but because of what we want to, because of what Christ did for us. So we do our good works, we, we become holy, we try to live a sanctified life because of what Christ has done for us and so that we can give him the glory. Paul reminds us one more time in verse 23 of our reading this evening or this morning of that great price that was paid because of sin entering this world, but he finishes it with a sweet, sweet gospel. It's a familiar verse to you, I'm sure. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God for that amazing free gift, a gift that has freed us from sin, a gift that allows us to bring forth good fruit. Amen? Amen. Amen.